What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined alongside my co-host, Devin Bernstein. And it's been a busy week in sports, Dev. We've got a World Series matchup. I think probably the two teams we did not predict to be in the World Series are in the World Series. So a good old Outside the Arena curse. The NBA finally tipped off. We've seen, uh, you know, some teams, have, there's a few teams who have played two games, but most teams only have one game under their belt. And then, uh, obviously, the NFL now in uh, week eight, I guess we are. Um, so a lot's been going on. We're going to start off, though, talking about some baseball. And uh, obviously, unfortunately for your Phil's dev, did not go as planned. The last episode we filmed, they were up 2-0 at the time, I believe. And we yep. uh, essentially called the series. And that was a mistake. Arizona came back, won four of the last five games, uh, two in Philly. So pretty crazy. Um, and they're going to take on the Texas Rangers, who – won four games in Houston. I mean, just a, a wonky, very wonky World Series, wonky. I mean, both championship series going to Game 7 was awesome. Um, I mean, we'll start off with the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, obviously, huge upset, only 84 wins in the regular season. You know, to take down a Phillies team that seemed like they had all that momentum going into Game 3. Uh, your thoughts on the series and, and kind of the, the Diamondbacks and obviously the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I got to say is just hats off to the Diamondbacks, man. Like, they absolutely could have given up or just slowed down and, you know, not really fought, like, you know, all hell down too low, you know, really getting blown out in game two. But they just, they fought. And, you know, their their pitching staff really was incredible the last four or five games of this series, um, especially, you know, fought you know, kind of coming out of nowhere again, we made fun of him. I made fun <laughs> of him and then he, he started to shove. So, you know, this is just what happens, I guess. <laughs> we can't make predictions anymore. No. Um, but it just, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't seem like there was any world the last time we talked, like the Diamondbacks could come back. And then they just, they had great pitching performances in a few games. They had great bullpen performances. I would say every single game on, um, and with the exception of game five, this Phillies offense just went freezing cold. And you can look at the Kimbrel blown save, and certainly that doesn't help. But I think, you know, the way this team was constructed was to score a lot more runs than the other team, not to, you know, you know, when you look at the money, it's just it's pretty much all towards the starting pitching and then the 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 lineup, which is how a lot of teams are. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be that way, but this is the stars of the team is is in the top part of that lineup you know the huge additions over the last you know four or five off seasons between Harper Schwarber Castellanos Turner Real Muto even a bit further back but still like these are all guys who they've brought in big money like at their positions like this is who needed to step up and like you don't want to blame anyone in particular because kind of everyone went cold to be honest but Castellanos really really struggled and then yeah. and Turner Turner really went cold and I, it's not to place blame or anything like that it's just that's just my analysis of like the big differences in the lineup but hats off to Arizona like I said and I I'm honestly you know we, we haven't gotten into our pick yet but I think I'm leaning towards Arizona I don't want to pick against them right now yeah they just kind of have that team of destiny kind of kind of vibe to them which uh yeah, I mean, it feels like every it almost it feels like every year almost there's a team of destiny. It, it's kind of a, I mean, I guess what was last year? Astros, Philly, yeah, Phillies. That you know, 
year before you had the Braves. I mean, it's just like year in and year out. That's what makes baseball so much fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you you kind of covered it pretty well. Like Arizona is just a, I think you know, something that the Phillies used in that Brave series with the whole Arcia comments. I think the Diamondbacks just started kind of getting a lot of hate. You had, you know, I guess there was some Garrett Stubbs talking about, you know, something or. Or, uh, you know, and then you had Chris Russo later in the series saying he'll retire if uh, Diamondbacks win, which has become a whole, whole huge bit now where like Tori Lavella, the Diamondbacks manager, I think like manager actually like fucking hates Chris Russo at this point, Um, which is awesome. But um, yeah, it's been interesting for sure. Um, I don't know where I was going, but yeah, like, like you said, like the Phillies have spent their money on the lineup like you look at the guys the, the guys are paying like almost probably you know half a million half, no, half a billion over half a billion in contracts to way almost like a billion probably Might yeah be a billion, in terms yeah. of yeah schwarber turner harper castellanos and they just all went cold like you said like they castellanos especially i think he was over 22 over 23 um which is just like he was so hot for uh yeah, was it the start of the series in the NLCS, yep. right? Yeah, he had like yeah, all well, the back- he, he had the home run in in game one, and then he didn't get another hit. Okay, it was, it was the Brave series where he had the it was two mostly games the Brave of- okay. series. Okay, yeah, um, but he was super hot, and then it's just he went totally cold. Turner, like you said, you know when those guys aren't performing, like at the end of the day, like if though it it sounds kind of stupid because obviously if your stars aren't playing well, you're not going to play well, but with the way the Phillies roster is constructed, like you said, like those four guys, like if they're not hitting the ball, this Phillies team is not good enough to go and, you know, win a playoff series at the end of the day. Um, the bullpen, I mean, Kimbrell, I think is probably a dead man walking in Philadelphia at this point. Um, no, not, I mean, I don't know what they're expecting. I feel like it's been the same old story with him these last few years. Um, yeah, I, I, I really thought the Phillies were going to win the series. I was shocked, especially when, you know, even after, you know, the Diamondbacks won two, as you know, once the Phillies got game five, I was like, okay, they just need one at home. Like they'll, they should have it in the bank and, you know, credit to the, the D backs, man, they showed up and uh, they're a feisty team and it's been fun watching. Uh, you know, I think for the Phillies, obviously it's got to suck. Cause I feel like this year you look at the Diamondbacks and you're, you gotta, you know, think that especially going up too well, you gotta think that's a team that you should have beaten. And then, you know, that this could have been the year. I don't know. Um, it's tough, but yeah, really good series. And it's baseball is just crazy. I mean, the fact that the diamondbacks are in the world series is wild. If you told someone that that at the beginning of the year, I think they would have, uh, thought you were crazy. I mean, I think the D backs are probably projected to be like almost fourth in this division, maybe third, third or fourth by, you know, no one had them ahead of the Padres or Dodgers and they're in the world series. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. (laughs) Um, so I guess before we, we jump into predictions, we'll talk about the other series Astros at Rangers. Uh, every team, every game in this series was won by the away team, which is pretty wild. Um, obviously, you know, Houston went, went down to, oh, and then they go to, uh, to Arlington, to Texas. They, they get the bats going. It feels like, you know, momentum's back on their side. Obviously game five, Altuve has that go ahead three run homer in the top of the nine, you know, it felt like at that moment, that was probably the series. And then. Texas just keeps coming back. Adolis Garcia, what a series he had. I think is you know, he's up to like 20 RBIs, maybe seven home runs in the playoffs or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong on the home runs, but I feel like that's right. Um, crazy. I mean, he's been balling. The pitching, 
you know, they've been able to string it together somehow, some way. Uh, I mean, your thoughts on this series, obviously, uh, I think both of us thought Houston was going to win and potentially even when they were down to a, we still kind of thought Houston was going to come back and, you know, they did, they probably, they should have won that series on us. I mean, the Rangers outplayed them, but like when you, it's the same thing as the Phillies, when you go up three, two, and you got two games at home, it's like, how do you not win? Yeah. No, I mean, we were, we were so close to a world series rematch. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for this series regardless. Um, just because the Rangers have also looked so freaking good. I mean, this lineup is just incredible. Evan Carter is my sleeper pick to win the World Series MVP here. Obviously, Seager and Garcia and then, you know, Carroll or Marte for the Diamondbacks would be like the favorites. But then, you know, besides those guys, you look at who's really hitting it well, it's Carter and they don't have any starting pitchers that are lefties for the Diamondbacks so it looks like he'll probably be playing almost every game in this series so I don't know what the odds on that are but maybe I don't know um but he's been really good and then Garver and Heim have both like they've hit some home runs especially later in that series I believe they I think they both had one in maybe game six I'm forgetting exactly which one but something like that um, and to be honest, the only one who hasn't gotten it going to is Simeon. Um, but like he seems almost like overdue in a way. So I mean, I'm just very confident in this lineup. Um, and their pitching staff has done exactly what they needed to, except with the exception of those three games in Texas. But um, you know, overall they've they've exceeded their expectations, and that's been a big reason why they're here and a big reason why they're the betting favorites to win the world series right now um that being said if we can go into prediction yeah. I, th- I think i'm gonna go with the diamondbacks <laughs> i just i mean i don't know if you know i've just seen too much of this diamondbacks team and maybe the magic runs out against a another more talented team that this is probably the third straight team that is more talented than them. And then that's forgetting, you know, a three game wild card series, which is really a, a toss up in, in any sense. So it's possible the luck runs out, but I'm just not betting against this team. They just, they seem to know how to grind out these tough at bats and just get hits and keep the line moving. And if it has to be ugly and score a run, it'll work. And then, you know, if, if they, if they need to get into a shootout, they kind of can. They didn't necessarily, you know, do that, but they have the they have the firepower. And, you know, no one in the lineup is performing, you know, terrifically besides Marte and I guess Moreno. But it does feel like everyone is like as has had a few key hits, which is that's a big thing to have in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks in like six or seven. I think this is going to be a great series, very competitive, a lot of back and forth. Um yeah, what, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rangers. Um, I think, you know, all credit to the Diamondbacks. I think they've had an incredible season. Um, and I think they can win the series. Like you said, I think it'll be a very competitive series. I just, I think this Texas lineup is just, it's just something else, man. It, it's so good. I mean, they had, what, like five or six all-star starters this year, I believe, in the lineup. Um, which just shows how loaded it is. And and they've all performed. I mean, like you said, like outside of Simeon, who, I mean, if he gets it going, like, like oh my. But um, yeah, like Corey Seager is probably the best player in the series. Adolis Garcia is, you know, the hottest hitter in baseball. 
Uh, Evan Carter, like you said, has been playing extremely well. He's been moved up all the way to the three hole now as a, a 21 year old rookie, which is crazy on a world series team um, with like six all-star starters. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a, a, a fun team to watch. Um, and like, I, I just, they've found ways to get it done. Like the, they faced a lot of adversity, I think, in that Astros series going down 3-2. Um, you know, you have the whole Brian Abreu situation where, you know, tempers are flying and they kept their composure and got it done in the big game. You know, their pitching has been pretty good. Valdi's looked good. Jordan Montgomery's looked really good. Um, you know, Scherzer's out of their starters has probably been the shaky one. I mean, it's, you know, he didn't really – he pitched, you know, two and two-third innings or something like that in, in game seven. So he hasn't really been – stretched out so we'll see what he looks like in this series um but yeah i don't know i just i got them i think the diamondbacks um you know you can't count them out um but i don't know i I just think this rangers lineup is you know the phillies lineup was loaded too and they went cold so anything can happen as we've learned um you know i i don't know i think the rangers just I don't know, man. I, the more I talk, I'm like, maybe the Diamondbacks are going to freaking do it. But I'll stay with the Rangers. But it should be uh, it should be a good series. I think um, the one thing about it is for, like, the more casual baseball fans or just casual yeah. sports fans, I don't think it'll be uh, – I think it'll probably be one of the lowest watch World Series in the last, like, maybe forever. I mean, it's just two smaller market teams. Um, but it still, still should be very interesting and – um, just crazy. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm rambling on, but yeah, it's a wild two teams to get in the world series. Yeah. That's baseball though. That's baseball for you. All right. Well, we'll, uh, I guess the series will probably be for the next episode, uh, you know, a few games underway most likely. So we'll, uh, unless one of these teams sweeps, which I think would still be, I think the series will still be going on. So regardless, we'll, we'll touch on that next week. Um, but moving along, we're going to talk some NBA real quick. Um, you know, obviously, like we said, uh, you know, these they tip opening night was on uh, Tuesday. So uh, we're only like three days into the season. But uh, we've already seen some pretty good games last night. Lakers at Sun, Sixers at Bucks, both really close games came down to the wire. Um, we can start off with your 76ers. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard's first game at the Bucks, he drops 39 points. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw from the Bucks, but also obviously the 76ers dealing with the whole you know, James Harden off the off the court situation right now where it's just a, a mess. Um, so your thoughts on how they looked without Harden and uh, you can throw in your thoughts on that situation too, if you want. Yeah, I'll just do the, the Harden thing quickly because I don't want to talk about this for too long. Like, I mean, they just got to come to an agreement. I mean, either, either Maurice got to say, all right, I'm not going to get, you know, the exact value I want or Harden's going to say, all right, I'm going to just have to play as hard as I can until I you know, get an actual trade market developed for me. Um, Someone is just going to have to be a grown up in this situation. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because they both don't seem to want to be grown up. So it'll be interesting. Um, Outside of that, the Sixers actually looked like pretty good. And he always starts the season really slow and he didn't look horrible last night, but he did have some bad turnovers, which is whatever. I mean, that's par for the course for the first season, first game of an 82 game regular season. It's not a big deal, but you know, he certainly looked like himself. Kelly Oubre had 27 points off the bench, was playing very good defense on Damian Lillard, although Dame did get the better of him a decent amount of the time. I, I can I can assure you that the eye test was like, okay, Kelly Oubre actually may be a good defender at this point in his career, which is not something, you know, I, I necessarily thought going into the year. 
Um, Tobias Harris had a really good efficient game. Maxi had a really good game. Um, you know, this is just it's just a Sixers team that looks like it's going to be way better coached than it was last year, regardless of whether or not they have Harden, which I just think brings up the floor so much for this team and the ceiling at the same time. So I, I do think that I do get why Maury is like, okay, what if I can get, you know, a really good, maybe not even an all-star caliber wing, just a good third option type wing, you know, like an OG Ananobi for Harden. Like, is that possible? Like something like that or a Siakam, like, cause then you tar- start talking about like Maxi, whoever that wing is and Embiid and that with some, you know, good bench pieces and nurse, like, that's not the most ridiculous thing. I would probably have them as the third best team in the East in that, in that situation. So, you know, it's not all doom and gloom for the Sixers, but I'm just going to talk about the Bucks now. It just, there's not too much to say about the Sixers right now until the Arden situation gets figured out. Um, But with the Bucks, I mean, obviously it's just the whole thing with Giannis is you have to pack the paint. And the whole thing with Dame is you have to have somebody on him at, at all distances. And it's just, that's really hard to defend. And they barely even got into the pick and roll with these two. And that's just scary for the rest of the league. And I think they might just do that um, where they don't even pull it out until the playoffs. And then they just get into this whole nother gear in the playoffs. Um, So I'm very confident that this is the best team in the East, to be honest. I, I don't love what the Celtics have done. And I just don't think there's anyone else that can really compete with this team. Um, so I, you know, I see them as, as one of the two top two or three teams in the, in the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, that's mostly it on, on this, on the, on this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, uh, as if it wasn't clear enough to the viewers, Devin is the, uh, the NBA expert here on outside the arena. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but yeah, like you said, um, you know, the Bucks are just, they're going to be a tough team to go against. Like they've already got a lot of good defensive players, obviously Giannis leading the way. Um, so it allows for, you know, them to, you know, subtract Drew Holiday, add Dame Lillard, and it, it probably won't affect them too negatively on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and Dame is just, like you said, like, it's just, I saw some, I don't know if it was a TikTok or what I saw or a tweet, but it was something like, you know, Giannis can be like the, it's the this Bucks team is really dangerous because you have Giannis who you can give the ball to. He can be your leading scorer for you know forty minutes of this game or whatever, and then for the last you know five ten minutes, you Dame is just your number one option in, in crunch time, and it gives you just so such a unbeatable force. It feels like um, you know I I think we're already seeing how good this team can be. You know I I don't know Giannis only scored twenty three. The Sixers did pretty good. You know keeping him at bay. Um, you know. I think it's going to just be fun watching to see how those two kind of gel throughout the season. And like you said, like what the the possibilities are in the playoffs, what they're going to, you know, even try to do in the regular season, how hard they're really going to be going. So, um, yeah, I mean, and the flip side, the Sixers, um, you know, it's the NBA regular season. Like it's really tough to like it. All that matters is the playoffs at the end of the day. Like these teams are both going to be in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, a good showing from them. And they just, like you said, they got to get this Harden situation figured out. Um, you know, it seems like he's trying to play, but then he was away for 10 days. So it's just like, it's just a mess. Uh, you know, I think they, you know, they just at some point got to be like, all right, we got to figure this out. Because it's just, it's bringing unnecessary attention to the rest of the team. And, and just, if you can get something for him, great. If not, like, is he going to play? If so, great. 
otherwise like do you even just like figure out a buyout with him or something like that like you, you almost have to figure out something at this point because you know it's just an unnecessary uh you know hopefully i i think they'll probably try to wait to trade him just because like you don't want to just let go of this guy for nothing because that would you know and not you know they looked good obviously but like if they don't get another piece for him like you said like and this team seriously compete as a champion seriously compete for a championship without getting anything for Harden or without Harden, I think it would be interesting to see. Um, you know, I don't know if we know. I think it would be on Embiid to kind of, you know, really show up in the playoffs, which, you know, he hasn't necessarily done at times. And Maxi to potentially take a step. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of rambling on. But uh, it's very interesting, I think, the Harden situation. This guy's just, uh, I mean, it's just he brings trouble wherever he's he's gone these last few years. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean – it's just yeah, the track record speaks for itself with Harden. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily like a horrible dude, but nah. he, he just causes a lot of like drama and he's a diva. So, you know, it's not yeah. whatever it's, it is what it is. It'll get figured out. But um, the other game last night we saw, you know, Suns Lakers, no Bradley Beal or Devin Booker for the Suns. And, I, you know, you're smiling and I, I have a feeling that this is going to be something we see a lot this year with the Suns, yeah. maybe a bit the Lakers, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Nuggets. It's a bit of an issue in the NBA. But um, besides that, you know, the Suns actually came out really, really hot and looked just incredible with Durant on the floor. He just they just didn't really have an answer for him. Um, He just looked like one of the best players in the world, which is no surprise to anyone. Um, but then the fourth quarter, the Lakers went to this weird lineup with Christian Wood, who's not known as a good defensive player, on Kevin Durant. And they started swarming him. And, you know, they started to go on a run the first three minutes with Durant off the court. But then when Durant came back in, they still couldn't score, you know, couldn't get any good shots off. Just a great, almost playoff-level intensity quarter from the Lakers to get back and avoid an 0-2 start, which, again, isn't a big deal, but, like it's not what you want. You want to be winning these games, especially on national TV against good playoff teams. Like you want to be building it up. Um, And the big thing, like the big differences we saw from game one to game two for the Lakers is, is mostly just like LeBron looked more aggressive. He played five, six more minutes. You know, I'm sorry, D'Angelo Russell, you're a good secondary third piece, but you just shouldn't be the lead shot taker, lead, you know, lead ball handler. Like that's just not, yeah that's just not conducive to being a great offense. It should be a lot of LeBron, a lot of AD in the post, and then mostly Reeves, to be honest, as the third option. Um, And he, you know, he hasn't gotten enough touches in the first few games, to be honest. But with the Suns, it's, it's really just injuries. I mean, they looked really, really good in game one, even with a bad Kevin Durant game, just because that's how good Booker is, who I would say is arguably better than Kevin Durant at this point, which is scary to say um that anyone's on his, Kevin Durant's own team is better than him and then they also <laughs> have Bradley Beal so you know the Suns have some weaknesses in their roster for sure but I see the upside as well um yeah they they look like they're going to be a really good team and again you just don't want to see Kevin Durant Devin Booker and Bradley Beal on the same team in the playoffs even even with a pretty meh surrounding roster if we're being nice to be honest <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's what uh, I was looking at the box score, and you just see the names that they're rolling out without Booker and uh, 
and Bradley Beal. I mean, you got you're starting Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, and you got you know these guys, Jordan Goodwin, who to be honest, I mean, I'm a casual guy, I've never really heard of him. Drew Eubanks, Yuda, Nasir Little, like it's a it's a funny little group they got there. But um, yeah, I mean, these two teams are going to be at the top of the Western Conference this year. Um, you know, battling for it. You know, I think the Nuggets are uh probably still that top team, but you know, these two teams are probably right up there for you know a claim to that number two spot. Probably the you know, the Suns, we obviously haven't seen the big three take the four together yet, which, you know, that's with a KD big three that, you know, these last few years when you're not seeing them on the court already, it's like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Um, but, yeah, KD looked great. Um, you know, he was, I don't want to say out there by himself because, you know, some of these guys are, are solid players. Like Eric Gordon's been a, a good player in the league for a while. Grayson Allen's a good defensive player. Um, but, I mean, he was kind of out there on his own a little bit. But he played well. Um, you know, the Lakers – um you know ad had a, a better game obviously in ga- game one it was like he didn't shoot a, a shot in the second half or something like that he just didn't do anything um which just can't happen um you need anthony davis shooting the ball especially if they're talking about limiting lebron's minutes during the regular season which obviously understandable he's got a lot of tread on his tires at this point um and yeah it'll be interesting to see how uh, obviously the depth some of these pieces you know gabe vince and christian wood Cam Reddish, uh, some newer guys uh, on this Lakers team, Torian Prince as well. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting seeing how those kind of guys kind of gel with the the rest of the core that's kind of been established in L.A. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting seeing how both these teams kind of go from here. Um, it's always fun when LeBron and, and KD, uh, you know, face each other. And both these guys still look like they're, uh, you know, obviously LeBron, I think, is not at his peak anymore, but both these guys are still playing, you know, high, high, very high end and high level basketball. So always fun when they, uh, they match up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then lastly, I think the one storyline we want to talk about Victor Wembenyama, Victor Wembenyama. There you go. Uh, First, first career game. uh, You know, they did lose. He only played 23 minutes, got into some foul trouble, I believe. Um, But 15 points, five rebounds, two assists. Uh, You know, obviously, they played the Mavericks. Luka dropped a triple double. Whatever. Your thoughts on Wembenyama's first game? Uh, what do you like? What do you see that you know anything that concerns you? I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Um. I don't even know what side of the ball I want to talk about first because they're both so exciting to me. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna start with the defense because I'm a bit of a defense nerd with basketball. I just love the different ways you can use him, and obviously the shot blocking is the main thing, and you know that's huge, but. His ability to guard on the perimeter and his size and wingspan allows him to essentially be a help defender and, you know, close out on his guy in the corner at the same time in a way we've basically never seen before. And this guy's a rookie. It's it's rare we see someone, you know, have great defensive instincts as a rookie and either he's already there, which is great, or he's already so talented defensively that it doesn't matter and once he does figure that out he's going to be even better defensively so truly I mean you can use him wherever on defense as long as it's not like defending a guard but you know even then he's he's better than most seven quarters you'd assume just based off his lateral quickness and agility and like he's just he's very coordinated and a fluid athlete, especially obviously for someone who's seven, four, like you look at like a Boban Marjanovic, like he, just, <laughs> like he can't run. Like yeah. he's just too like awkward. Like that's just how a lot of people that size are. And like, you look at Porzingis, he's certainly not awkward, but he's, he doesn't even have 
nearly the you know ball handle and quick quick twitch ability that Wemiyama has. And now I'm kind of getting into the offense a little bit, and it's like again he's taking the ball up, he's sending screens. He already knows like the dribble handoff game, like the back of his hand. Like you see a bit of like the Jokic like Bam out of bio type passing ability from him as a center, which is like maybe been Embiid's biggest you know criticism in the playoffs has been he, he's not a great passer and that could lead to a lot of turnovers he already he did turn the ball over a lot I will say that but like he already seems to have a very good passing sense and you know who the hell are you putting on him man because <laughs> you're either putting a center um who who's shorter than him and slower than him, or you're putting like a big wing who maybe has the, you know, lateral quickness, but he just can shoot over him literally every time. That's what we saw with Grant Williams. He's a damn good defensive player. It's just, you just can't do anything sometimes. And he just, once he learned, he was just like, Oh yeah, I just got to start shooting it. I mean, he was in foul trouble. They're not going to play him a ton of minutes, obviously. Like they're not going to try to push him to 38, 40 minutes as a rookie. There's no point to doing that, but I just I can't wait to watch him play. And I know it's easy to say this guy gets too much hype and all this. But if you're going to die on that hill, I'm just going to warn you right now that it's not a hill you want to die on. I mean, (laughs) if you are going to fade anyone, why are you fading the seven four absolute freak who can do everything on the basketball court and, you know, his only question is injuries. His only question is injuries. And it's not even that he's been injured. It shows that his body frame suggests that he would get injured. So, I mean, I just, I know he gets a lot of attention and it's tough when he hasn't necessarily proven anything yet, but you just gotta, you just gotta trust it sometimes. And this guy is just, he's just going to be that good. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a Hall of Fame player if if he stays healthy. That's just that's just the reality to me. He's 19 years old and he already looks like one of the more tough guards in the league. And I just can't imagine what he's going to be like in four years with 20 pounds of muscle on him. That's that's all I have to say. I mean, yeah, I I agree. I think uh, you know, I think with the problem, I think that I don't know if it's a problem, but I think the whole narrative with him is made it so that it's like, Oh my God, his rookie year. Like he better be like leading this team to the playoffs and like averaging 30 points and four blocks and, you know, 50 rebounds. Like it's going to take time. Like we're not, this kid's not going to come in and win the MVP his first year in the league. Like it's just not going to happen. The Spurs are still like, maybe they'll compete for a playoff spot or a play in spot, but like the Spurs as a whole still probably aren't that good of a team. Um, so it's just – it's going to take time. He needs to get used to America. He needs to get used to the NBA. Um, you know, I think it's it, – we're going to have see how, obviously, he progresses this year, and I think we'll have a pretty clear picture of kind of where he's headed. And, you know, 100%, if he comes in and somehow, which I don't think this is going to happen, obviously, but let's say he did average – like he played 30 minutes a game and averages like 12 points or something. Then I think there's, you know, absolutely – that a warrant to be like, okay, you know, it's a little, a little disappointing or whatever. Um, but, you know, based on the first game, I, I don't see that being likely. I think you just got to give this kid some time to develop. Like you said, put on some muscle, um, get used to the NBA and, you know, turn into the star that he's likely to become. And, uh, you know, you just can't judge him off a one game, but also even this first year, like it's going to take 
you know, to debate whether the hype is warranted with him, it's going to take like five, maybe even 10 years to like really settle that debate. So it's pointless to even talk about something like that this season because he's just got to learn. He's just got to, you know, he's going to learn and grow in the system. He's going to learn and grow under Popovich. And I'm excited to see how he kind of, uh, you know, progresses throughout the year. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of all I got. I think, you know, like you said, like it was, he's very impressive. Like I was impressed with the, I didn't watch much of this game, but the clips I saw and, um, you know, the highlights I did watch, I, I thought he looked good. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, throughout the year, I think it's gonna be a fascinating discussion of, uh, you know, how he's progressing. So yeah, that's kind of all I got. Yeah, I know. You ready to get into NFL? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, so filming this on Friday, so we can actually talk about the Thursday night game for once. Uh, interesting one, Bucks, Bills, pretty low scoring, 24 to 18 Buffalo. Uh, you know, it's so in- – I was watching the uh, – or I saw some clip from Pat McAfee's show with his interview with Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers was talking about how quickly the narrative can just shift in the NFL. Like, literally two games, he was bringing up the Jets, how their season was dead, and Zach sucked, and then, you know, two wins, and it's like, okay, this team's, you know – going to compete for the AFC East, maybe even the Vikings where it should tear it all down. Now they're half game and out of wild card. And the bills, I think are another team where you look at that. I mean, they were on top of the world. It felt like four and one. I think they were people were the media was riding this team again. And then they go and lose two in a row, obviously got the win yesterday. So big bounce back win for, for them. Or I guess it was only, they lost two of three, I guess it was. So they were three and one. It was after that dolphins game where it felt like, right. Oh my God, yeah. the Buffalo hype is higher than ever but um they go out get the job done um i mean tampa bay it feels like they've kind of you know fallen back to earth they're three and four now your thoughts in these two teams and you know kind of your thoughts on buffalo because obviously uh five and three at this point in the season uh you know they bad loss to the patriots last week too which we obviously didn't talk about so um your thoughts on, on kind of where the bills stand right now yeah i mean like i said i think we always tend to overreact as an NFL community, but a bit especially with the Bills. I mean, yeah. it just feels like this isn't as complicated as people make it out to be. It's an old defense, but it's well-coached, and it's a very good offense that has the potential to be bad some weeks. So yeah. they're a very high-variance football team. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. And, you know... Does that mean I'm ever going to pick them to win the Super Bowl? No, but I will never be surprised if Josh Allen just goes Superman mode for four games and wins them a Super Bowl. I mean, that doesn't sound that crazy to me. He, We've seen him do it for four-game stretches or three-game stretches. It's just, you know, it's just it's not the most likely thing to happen that he's playing <laughs> absolutely in football. But we see, like, when Josh Allen is at his best, he's about as good as anyone. Like, it's it's very impressive. Um. And then, you know, the defense looked better last night. It was, like, it was less close than the score suggested. Like, the yeah. Bucks got really bailed out on that last drive, or the second-to-last drive, like, like three penalties on fourth down. It was, like, a 17-play drive, like, really weird. And then, like, a tip on the two-point conversion. But, you know, they just, like, they they fight. Like you said, like their season seems to be tapering off a little bit. I don't have a ton of big takeaways on the Bucks, to be honest. Um, yeah, we know who they are. They could still, I guess, win this division. But I'm, I guess, I'm back to leaning towards the Falcons. I guess. Um, 
it's a mess. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a mess. That's a mess. But I guess I'm leaning towards the Falcons. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are, that's my takeaways on the game. What about you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, like the Bucks. I mean, Baker played all right. Like Baker's had a, a bounce back season. Um, you know, Mike Evans has been pretty good. I don't know. Like, like you said, like just this team is like we know what they are. Buffalo. Um, you know, I think the most encouraging sign on the offensive ball was just how Josh Allen was really able to spread it around. Obviously, uh, you know, Diggs is always going to do his thing. He had nine catches, but you know, Khalil Shakir had six catches for ninety-two yards. Gabe Davis nine for eighty-seven and a touchdown. King Cade who's really burst onto the scene these last two weeks, five for 65 and a touchdown. Um, so I think that's really encouraging because I think with this Buffalo offense, as good as they are, as good as Josh Allen has been, it's felt like outside of digs, they've really been missing kind of more pieces. Obviously, Gabe Davis has been there and like the hype's been with him for a bit, obviously, especially after that Kansas City game a few years back. Last year was kind of a, you know, I don't want to say disappointing, but I think people had higher expectations and how he performed. Um, so just kind of seeing, you know, real four solid options go off in this game. I think it's huge for, uh, for the bills because just being able to spread the ball around is, uh, you know, obviously it just makes this offense that, that more the, the, I'm trying to, I can't get the words right in all my head, the, the phrase, all the more dangerous. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and James Cook has been really running the ball well too. I mean, you got to give credit to them. This team really hasn't, you know, when they were running out Devin Singletary year in and year out, they didn't really have too much of a run game, and they still don't run the ball that much. Um, but, I mean, it feels like James Cook, I think he's got to be averaging over, like, four yards a carry, I would yeah. imagine, this season. Yeah, he's averaging he's five. He's averaging 4.8 and 5.2 in his career. So he's been balling for them, which is huge because gives them a legit running game. Um, so, yeah, I think the Buffalo offense is actually probably as good as it's ever been with Josh Allen, potentially, um, in terms of talent. Defensively, they're a bit banged up, obviously, with you know Trey White and and Matt Milano going down for uh for Sorry, a bit. But hold on. no, you're good. Oh God, okay. A little light out. We got the desk, the oh, lamps okay. moving. <laughs> this is bad. Um, it's all good. I'll uh I'll transition us over to the first game of the weekend because uh, I think we talked about that game enough. Jets Giants, uh, battle of the two New York teams. Uh, Jets coming off the bye, Giants coming off a win against Washington. Uh, Tyrod Taylor actually looked pretty good. There we go. Almost lamped down. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, we're back in the light. Uh, Jets, Giants. uh, This is a really big week for the Jets, I think. I mean, this is a game they absolutely must win. Danny Dimes still out. Andrew Thomas doubtful. Um, So you got to hope that the defensive line can get to the quarterback. DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner also both going to be back, which is huge. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, the Battle of MetLife Stadium? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting um, just because this Giants offense has looked like weirdly competent the last two weeks, but I do, yeah. I just I don't see it happening this week. I just think this Jets defense is too good. Maybe Tyrod will be able to avoid the turnovers and maybe he can lead them to like 10 points, but I just, I don't see that. I don't see a even solid day from the offense. So they're going to have to probably have a great defensive performance like they did against the Bills, something like that, which is possible against this Jets offense. Um, I guess it'll be, I guess, yeah, I guess it's like truly a neutral site type game. I don't know. Yeah, That's very I think, interesting. I think it'll be, I mean, I think it's Giants like season ticket holders and that right. get the, get to be there. So um, 
and the stadium will be all giants, I guess then. So it'll be, but like you said, like there's still going to be a ton of Jets fans there. So, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, um, that's weird. That's just a weird aspect I'm <laughs> thinking about now. Um, I'm going to go with the Jets though. I just think the Giants margin for error is too thin and it's not going to be fun against this Jets defense. Um, and the, the Giants offense has been like almost overperforming the last few weeks in a weird way. They've only scored like 14 points. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Oh yeah. They've scored like 25 in the last two games. Or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. But I, that's why I'm going with the Jets. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Jets, too. Um, I don't think this is too complicated. I mean, I'm, the Giants' defense has been better the last two weeks, uh, no doubt, and you got to give them credit for that. But their their offense is just not good, and, and you pair that up going against a really good Jets defense, it's just going to make for a long day for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, you got to hope – you got to go into this game basically saying, you know, Saquon Barkley is going to have to carry the ball 30 times if we're gonna have a chance to win and we may very well see something close to that um it'll be interesting but yeah i'm gonna go with the jets coming off the bye too they'll be fresh been able to think about this one for a bit and uh you know Brees hall is really burst first back onto the scene i guess you could say coming off that acl tear he's been really good the last two weeks so you know i expect him to have a big game and uh zach wilson hopefully can just keep getting better and better and you know Four and three would be big for this Jets team. So I'm going to go with them. I just don't think the Giants are very good. And yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, some probably negative regression is probably due for this this offense, the way they've been, you know, kind of playing pretty solid the last few weeks. Moving along, Jaguars at Steelers. Uh, Jaguars were Thursday night game last week. They took down the Saints. Steelers are, uh, Steelers are such an interesting team. They're four and two. They beat the Rams this week. I mean, it is like, it Mike Tomlin is like maybe the greatest coach of all time. I mean, he, these last few years he has been dealt just not very awful offenses, pretty good defenses. This defense is is very elite, um, but it's four and two. Kenny Pickett's just been kind of mediocre the whole season. It's so weird. But um, Jacksonville, obviously another pretty solid team, five and two. So uh, this one is in Pittsburgh. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's weird because, like, this is such a good defense. But when you think about it, it's like they it's they give up a decent amount of yards. They're just so opportunistic and have so many playmakers that they seem to be able to almost give their offense points every week. So even if they're giving up, you know, a yeah. few more points than the best, best defenses, they're probably generating a few more points than the best, best defenses, you know are um it feels like they almost have like a defensive score almost every week um or at least every time they win and this offense isn't good but I really do think Pickett is fine I just I just think he hasn't had his you know the only guy who can really get open a ton in Deontay Johnson this whole year and he doesn't have a very good offensive line. And he's just now sort of like, oh, I've got this really good George Pickens dude. Let me start targeting him eight to ten times a game. And it's like, okay, he's he has a good like back shoulder type throw. He has a good go ball. He's figuring some things out. He's still he's still a bit like scared in the pocket in the sense of like the first sign, first time he sees pressure, you kind of bail out. Um, and that's why I'm ultimately gonna go with the Jaguars in this game. I just <laughs> 
I just trust the quarterback so much more. And like I said, I don't think Pickett's really the problem, but he's also not going to be someone who can dig you out of a bad situation with Matt Canada, a whatso, a what, a whatever offensive line, and a you know, a fine group of playmakers, but nothing you know special necessarily. Um, and yeah, the Jags' offense I just think has looked pretty good the last few weeks. They are kind of like the Eagles in a way where we haven't seen them play their best game, but their record's still pretty good, which like feels like generally a good sign. Um, as long as we do end up getting that best game at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think this is a good team. I think Ridley needs to be get involved a little bit more just for this team to really reach like an elite level. Um, but I think other than that, they're doing the right things and their defense has gotten a lot better than it was last year. Trayvon Walker is like at least a good number two edge rusher, which is very important for their number one pick, which I feel like no one <laughs> talks about how bad he's been, but um He's got uh, oh no, I thought it was six sacks. He's only got two and a half this year. Okay. I was I he had, hey, if he had six, six, sacks, six career be, sacks. Six career sacks. sacks. I would be eating my words if if he had six sacks. <laughs> um, but Josh Allen has had a really good year, the pass rusher, and the back end has gotten a lot better um since they released Shaquille Griffin and have moved Darius Williams back to the outside with Tyson Campbell. Um, just been a lot better for them, like scheme wise and just overall wise, they're just better players. So this defense is at the very least like passable, and I don't think they're gonna, you know, be, you know, frightened by the Steelers' offense. And I think this Jags' offense is going to be able to play smart with Trevor Lawrence at the helm and still get their fair share of big plays against the Steelers. So I'm gonna go with the Jags. Yeah, all good points. Um, good. I'm gonna pick the uh, the Steelers though at home. Um, oh. You know, the Jags, they're five and two credit to them. They've been scoring points. I, I don't know. Like you said, like, I just feel like Trevor Lawrence is not, he's been, he hasn't been bad, but he just hasn't been like elite. Like, I think, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's a step back. I don't know what it is, but um, I just haven't like seen him. I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't balled out yet, which is kind of weird considering they're five and two and like all these receivers. I mean, he, he hasn't played bad. I'm not trying to be a Trevor Lawrence hater. I just feel like, I was expecting, I guess, just to see more of a leap considering where he got to at the end of last year. Maybe he's just a slow starter, um, but I am going to pick the Steelers. I think their defense, uh, you know, will give this Jacksonville offense a little bit of trouble. I think they'll have more trouble running the ball. I think, you know, TJ Watt will probably have a big game. Um, I don't know, kind of just a gut pick. The Steelers team, I feel like I just can't pick against them at this point because they just always freaking win no matter what. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the – with the Steelers, Deontay Johnson came back last week. So having him and Pickens in there is, you know, big for, for Pickett. Um, Najee Harris scored his first touchdown of the season. The Najee Harris situation is so interesting. It's like this guy, I mean, it wasn't, I guess he kind of benefited from the Mr. Checkdown, ben, Big Ben. Uh, but he had a solid first year in the NFL, and then it's just been like downhill, and they barely use him. It's so weird. But, um, yeah, I'm, I don't need to talk about this game much more. I'll pick the Steelers. Um, another game that I think is pretty easy to pick Eagles commanders. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles, AJ Brown, just been a freak of nature these last few weeks. Uh, commanders are, are terrible. I mean, they're somehow three and four. They did play the Eagles close last time, but I just don't see that happening. Philly, uh, had a big bounce back win last week against the, the dolphins who, you know, are right up there in the top teams in the NFL. So, um, 
yeah, I, I don't see this Philly team slowing down anytime soon. So I'll pick uh, I'll pick them in a in a decisive win this time against the Commanders. Yeah, I think everything suggests this should be a decisive win, but something about the Commanders just always seems to <laughs> keep it close against the Eagles. So I, I'm not going to pick it to be a blowout, but I will pick it to be a relatively e- easy Eagles win. Um, like you said, like this Eagles team seems to finally be hitting their stride. Um after a big win against the Dolphins. And this Commanders team is just a week-to-week team on both sides of the ball. Like, some weeks, Sam Howell looks really good, and the enemy looks like, you know, he's really implemented the system from Kansas City, and it's a lot of quick hitters, and, you know, everything's working well. And sometimes this defense looks so good because they're so talented in the front, and they're well-coached in the back, and they have good safeties. But then there's some weeks where they just look, horrible on both sides of the ball and I don't get it I really don't understand to be honest like against against the Eagles this team plays much better it seems like their front shows up they I don't know exactly what happens but you know they're just very week to week like there are a lot of teams like that in the NFL but the commanders might actually be the most inconsistent in terms of what you're getting I mean they like they you know they kept it close against the Eagles and then got blown out by the bears like I and lost know. to the giants it's yeah so it's, weird it's so hard to say so it's kind of all i got yeah uh moving along rams at cowboys um cowboys coming off the bye obviously last played against the chargers that was a big win for them uh the rams uh you know they would just talk about the steelers who beat them last week um, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, this is a big game for the Cowboys. I think the Rams are obviously that offense is, is pretty good with, uh, you know, Cooper cup, Bukunakua, the dynamic duo, uh, Dallas defense, obviously very good. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is kind of the nightmare matchup for the Rams just because, you know, the one thing they don't have is an offensive line that can really protect for all day. And, you know, they're going to have to scheme a lot of good things up today or not today. Sorry. On, on Sunday. I don't know why I said today. Um, (laughs) I wish it was today. uh, Yeah. I wish it was today. Um, but they're going to have to be smart. A lot of double teams on Parsons, like they did to TJ Watt last week, but even then they had Highsmith get in and the Cowboys have similar level, you know, secondary pieces like Demarcus Lawrence and other guys that we've talked about. Like it's just, it's tough to pick against this Cowboys front. They've been great at home. I think the Rams are just so well coached and Stafford is so smart at this point in his career. They're going to keep it close and be able to move the ball. And their defense is just like not talented at all besides Donald, but they play the right way. And they and Russ East, of course. And Russ East, of course. I'm forgetting about Russ East. I wanted to get to the point where I just say their defense is very isn't very talented besides Russ East. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, this is like, this isn't a good defense, but they play hard. They're well coached, all that. Like they're maximizing what they can be on both sides of the ball, which means you kind of know what you're going to get out of them most weeks, but that also kind of limits their upside in a way. And I just don't see them keeping up with the Cowboys and the Cowboys don't even, I don't know. The Cowboys don't inspire much confidence in me offensively, but I just think this is a defense type game where their defense kind of wins it for them. Yeah, I'll pick the Cowboys too. Um, you know, I think offensively, last game for them against the Chargers was better. 
Um, you know, they just got to get CD Lamb the ball at the end of the day. I mean, yep. he's uh, he's your best playmaker on offense, and you know, he he it's kind of similar to. I don't, I don't know. I, I was going to say similar to what was going on with Jamar. I mean, he wasn't really getting the ball probably as much as he should have. And, uh, you know, they both, they love that 7-11, I'm always open kind of, uh, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Regardless, get CD Lamb the ball more. Tony Pollard, um, you know, has had a, a solid season. I feel like, you know, the first we've seen him, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It's been, he's been fine. I mean, I, I think it's kind of what we expect, but um yeah, it's just, you know, is Dak good? It's the same old story. I mean, we're going to see the Cowboys in the playoffs, and it's just like, is Dak good enough to take them to the Super Bowl? And we'll find out this year. Probably not. But, uh, you know, like you said, should be a defensive game for them. I could very well see the Rams pulling this through. Dak just, like, chucking this game away. I don't know. But I will pick the Cowboys in Dallas off the bye. feels like they should be ready for uh, – they should be ready for battle. So, yeah, I'll go with the Cowboys. Uh, moving on to the NFC North, uh, man, what a, a, a downturn for the Packers it has been. They're now two and four. Jordan Love has looked horrible. They've now lost back-to-back games to the, or they've lost three in a row now. They've lost to the Lions and then the Raiders and the Broncos. Really rough stretch for this team. I mean, I don't want to, you know, steal, obviously Aaron Jones coming back from uh, the injury, but this guy just, I mean, I know they're trying to limit him, but only eight carries last week. I, I just don't get what they're doing with him. Uh, obviously, Minnesota, though, on the flip side, just beat the Niners. Jordan Addison had his best game of his career. Um, they've really turned it on, it seems like. Kirk is playing well. Uh, so your thoughts on this one is in Green Bay. Yeah, I just, you just, like you said, kind of feel like two teams going in opposite directions. And maybe the Packers can turn it around and kind of flip that narrative on its head, but just, what do they got going for him right now? I mean, like Aaron Jones doesn't look like himself. The receivers are nothing inspiring. They they're losing, they're missing their best offensive lineman and David Bakhtiari. Elton Jenkins been in and out of the lineup as well. And then the defense is just really badly coached and isn't near the capability. It probably can be. So what about this team is really exciting. Nothing. And the Vikings are solid on defense. They're coached well by Brian Flores and this offense is really good. I'm I've turned around on these older, less athletic, less, you know, arm strength quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and Stafford definitely has an arm, but you know, the less athletic, younger quarterbacks. I've turned around just because these guys are so damn smart. I mean, Kirk Cousins like dissected this Niners defense that we haven't seen anyone do that. Like I was very impressed by that. And Stafford, you know, too, but you know, just talking about Kirk, like he gets a bad rap because of the prime time, I guess, and because he's like never won in the playoffs, but like you know, he's just not an elite quarterback. You need to have an elite roster to win with a non-elite quarterback, and that's just not his fault. So yeah, I mean, unless I you know, he's not an elite quarterback, but I would say of the non-elite quarterbacks, he's one of the better you know, once you get past like a Lamar or a Herbert or a Hertz, like I, I'm starting to think about, I'm starting to think about Kirk Cousins, to be honest. And I don't think many people would say that, but I think he's really elevated this team without Jefferson. And once they get Jefferson back, I think this is a team that actually is probably going to make the playoffs in, the, in a weaker NFC. They have a yeah. really easy schedule coming up. Um, And 
their defense is better than it was last year. I don't I see no reason why this team is worse than it was last year, to be honest. And they won 13 games. And we all know that's not gonna sustain because they won every single one score game possible. Yeah. But you know, I think they could be a, a nine or ten win team, and that's probably good enough for the playoffs in the NFC. So I, I'm going with the Vikings here if that wasn't clear. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Vikings too. Like you said, um, you know. Two teams going in opposite directions. I think last week was super encouraging, obviously, for Minnesota. Jordan Addison, I mean, I think he's second, like, in the NFL in touchdowns right now to Tyree Kill, which is crazy. I mean, he looks like a star. Um, that's that that interception out of, I think it was Traverius Ward's hands and, and took it for a touchdown, which was crazy. Um, you know, Madison and Akers, they got a solid duo there at the running back position. So, yeah, like you said, like, this team, Cam Bynum made, you know, had two picks. It's a cool story, too, obviously. Uh you know, I, I think his wife is stuck in the Philippines right now. So it's cool to, you know, for him to be able to get some spotlight for that. Hopefully you get that figured out. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I'm going to pick the Vikings. The flip side, the Packers are just like, it's a, it's a, they're in a weird spot. Obviously Jordan Love, uh, you know, he looked really good first game or two and then not been good since he's just not, not looked great. Um Obviously, I mean, they kind of they came to agreement for next year, right? Isn't there like a, it's like a twenty million dollar salary? I think something like that. Yeah, Maybe I remember it was 15. like weirdly similar to the fifth year option. Yeah, I think it was like slightly less. I mean, I can try to look it up, but regardless, um, you know, it's obviously uh, let's see, next year it says let's see five million base. I don't know what the, um, now I'm confused. I don't really understand what it is, whatever, regardless. Um, he's just, yeah, I don't know if he's that good. And I don't know if he's going to be their franchise quarterback. It'll be interesting. I mean, if this team keeps losing games and ends up in a top position, like they might pick a quarterback in the first round uh, with how good this class is. So uh, yeah, I just don't think the Packers are very good. Aaron Jones. It's just, I know he's coming back from the hamstring. He's probably not a hundred percent, but like at some point you just got to let this guy, I, I just, AJ Dillon, like, no hate to AJ Dillon, but like he is what he is at this point. You know, yeah. like it's just like nothing special there. I mean, he had averaged like slightly over four yards of carry this week, but I don't know. I just think you got to do a better job of getting your best offensive player the ball, and I don't think they've done that all all year, and I don't think they've done that even in recent years. So, regardless, uh, I'm going with the Vikings. Probably means Packers will win. Jordan Love will look like a god, but we we shall. Uh, See you next week. Uh, Falcons at Titans the next game. Ryan Tannehill's out, so it seems like Will Levis uh, is going to be the one starting. I think Willis and uh, Will Willis, Malik Willis, and Will Levis. Uh, it seems like are both going to play, so maybe it's a little unclear who's going to start exactly. Um, but it'll be fun to see Will Levis first crack uh, at the NFL. The Falcons, obviously, really weird situation last week with Bijan like not playing and was sick, and you know, fantasy owners prayers out I, I would have been going crazy if that happened to me um but they did beat the bucks last week they're somehow four and three uh so this is an interesting one titans obviously kind of just a gritty team they trade kevin byer to your eagles this week uh your thoughts on this one yeah i like i don't feel it too hard either way here i just think the best Whenever I'm not super sure, I like to think about what unit is going to, you know, has the best chance to really dominate the game. And I'm just think that would be the Titans defense. So I'm going to go with the Titans here. This feels like a low scoring, you know, 19, 17, 20 to 
19 type game. Um, yep. So it really could go either way. I just feel like Levis could maybe be better than Ritter and Ritter feels like he's, he seems like he's a week to week quarterback and he was good last week. So maybe he's due for a not so good week this week. That's not real analysis, but <laughs> that could be true. Um, you know, I think there, I, it's weird because he just, you know, he looks like he can, he can figure it out half the time and and half the time he looks like a complete waste. So I really don't know what to think of Ritter at this point, but that just means there's a lot of outcomes you could get from him. And the best one isn't even really that good, to be honest. So yeah. I'm just going to lean with the Titans here. What do you, what about you? I'll go with the Falcons. Um, I, I don't know. I just think this Titans team is pretty bad. They're obviously seems like kind of, I don't know if teardown is the right word, but it seems like they're really headed for a, a full rebuild here, which makes sense. Obviously, Tannehill's on the last year of his contract. Uh, you've got Will Will Levis and Malik Willis, so maybe one of those guys can be the future, um, which would be big. Obviously, then you can use your first-round pick elsewhere. Um, you know, the Falcons, I think uh, they're doing bad. I've been happier with what I've been seeing in terms of just getting your the guys you draft the ball. Like Drake London has really started to play well. Kyle Pitts even is getting you know, more and more catches. Um, obviously, Bijan didn't play this week, but uh, you got to expect he'll have a good week. Get him the ball. I don't think Bijan's had a 20 carry game yet in the NFL. I think I was looking at it. I think most maybe he had 19, but get Bijan. The, I mean, he's young. Like this is the time to like pound the rock with this kid. Get him his touches. I know you like. You know, I know Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith likes Algier, and Algier's a solid player, but. Bijan, you draft him so high for a reason. He's proven he's a great NFL player already. Just get him the ball. Get him more than 20 carries. Um, you know, they are they were such a run-heavy team at the start. Now they're airing the ball out left and right. It's kind of a – it seems like this offense is going through like a midlife crisis almost. But, um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Falcons. I think uh, the Titans just aren't very good. And I think – you never – I don't want to be the one to doubt the character of anyone in that locker room, but – um, at some point, you got to think that people are going to be like, all right, like, let's just kind of pack it in in terms of effort for the season when you kind of realize you're not going anywhere. So I don't think that'll happen yet. They're only two and four. You can obviously turn around a season still early, but um, I don't know, maybe something to think about uh, later in the year. Moving along to the AFC East, Pats at Dolphins. Uh, both these teams lost last week. Uh, pa- or no, it's not true. Patriots won. Uh, somehow beat the Bills. This Patriots, uh, so weird. I mean, it's that's just the NFL for you. Uh, Mac Jones actually looked pretty good. He had 272 passing yards, two touchdowns, and was really efficient. He completed, trying to do the math in my head, you know, 25 of 30 is what, 5 6, so 80 something percent of his passes, I think. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Tua, obviously, Tyreek, he was – I don't know. I'm rambling. What are your thoughts, Patriots? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's a bounce-back week for the Dolphins and a fall-back-to-earth week for the Patriots. Um, maybe their defense can keep it, like, a little closer than I'm suggesting, but I don't yeah. see this Patriots offense doing much. Xavier Howard – or nope. Well, Xavier Howard will be back, but Jalen Ramsey, who's much more important, will be back. Um, so 
two key additions, two starters in the secondary, and that'll really give them the flexibility to do a lot more on defense. Um, so I just they just seem to outmatch the Patriots on both sides of the ball. So I'm going with the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins too. Um, you know, Tua has never lost to Bill Belichick in his career, which is crazy. Um, when I feel like I feel like for some reason I'd felt like the Pats always own Tua, but it's like yeah. Tua's never lost to them, which yeah. is crazy. Um, but this Dolphins offense, I mean, they had a down week obviously last week, but you know, it's 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 great. But they do, you know, they need their signature win. I mean, they are five and two, but the two real tough tests, if you like, that would, you know, be able to look at it is this if this team was a Super Bowl contender was uh, you know, against the Bills and against the Eagles. And they lost both those games and they weren't necessarily close. So um, I think this team still needs to kind of have that big win. Big win. I don't think that's this week. I think this is, they should be able to take care of business this week. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. Moving along, uh, Saints at Colts. Bit of a boring one. Um, the Colts actually looked really good last week. I mean, Gardner Minshew. They got him like scrambling for touchdowns, throwing deep shots. JT finally got a. I think it was 18 carries or something like that. So they're starting to get it's, you know, Zach Moss still getting some work, but JT's getting more of a, his usual workload. Now um, they probably should have won that game. The ref, it was a bit of a ref show at the end against Cleveland um, saints on the flip side. Alvin Kamara will probably have 30 catches this game. They'll probably still lose. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. Uh, this reminds me of like the Texans saints game from a few weeks ago where I just was refusing to pick the saints out of. Yeah. And I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> the saints are just no fun. They just car annoys me to no end with his, like we said, it's just the checkdowns. Like what is he doing on fourth and four in this, in this, in this Jaguars game? Like I just, I don't get it. it. Like, is he stat padding? Like, like honestly, like <laughs> he like, must I have Camara in like a million dollar buy in fantasy league. I mean, that's like that seems more like just because I don't understand. Has no one told him on fourth and four, don't check it down? <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't it's get. It. I concept. don't get it. Um, but I, I'm gonna get off that tangent for a second. Yeah, and like talk about the Colts, like. They're really able to run the ball even without Richardson, which is a good sign that this line is kind of back to being in the form it was a couple of years ago. Steichen is drawing out some really cool plays. It looks like you've got two starting receivers and Downs and Pittman, and Pierce looks like a solid starter as well, to be honest, yeah. uh, if not like a good fourth. Um, and you've got Jelani Woods, who hasn't played all year at tight end, but he's got some potential, and this defense hasn't been too bad either. So really, really Things looking up for this Colts team. Minshew looks competent this week after not looking so good against the Jaguars. Ja- Saints are a pretty tough defense, so I guess I could see it going either way, but I am going to go with the Colts. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts too. Um, I've been really impressed, honestly, with how they've been able to perform without Richardson. I think Minshew, I mean, he beat the Ravens earlier in the year. He's, you know, this offense, you know, had a gazillion yards against a really good Browns defense last week. Um, so I don't see why I wouldn't expect that to continue against this Saints defense. I think running the ball is, you know, first and foremost on this team. And and JT, they're finally getting him back. Zach Moss is second in the NFL in rushing yards right now. He's having a huge season. Um, so the two of those guys alone, I think, can, uh, you know, really make this offense successful. And they've proved they can put up points. Minshew's proved that, you know, he's 
a solid QB. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think anyone's looking at him as a, a starter or a long-term guy, but, you know, he's a guy who can go win you football games and, and is, uh, you know, probably one of the better, he's up there probably with top three back of in the league, I would say. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I expect them to, to win. And like you said, the Saints, I mean, it's, Alvin Kamara can literally might lead the NFL in like receptions and he missed like three or four games. And it's like pretty crazy, but it's like not that crazy. I mean, he's getting like 12, 13 catches a game. It's like ridiculous. It's wild. So if you have him on your fantasy team, I mean, you got to love Derek Carr. You may as well buy a jersey. But um, yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Um, moving along, battle of the top two picks, Texans at Panthers. Um CJ Stroud obviously continues to ball out this Texans team three and three coming off a win against uh, the Saints. So I guess, yeah, they were on bye last week. Um, Panthers still looking for their first one of the season. They're also coming off by. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I feel like probably the Texans. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going with the Panthers, man. Wow. I just, I feel, I feel like it feels like the Panthers week to figure things out. And they changed play callers offensively over the bye week. And I think that might help Frank Reich be able to be more of like a leader and might help this offense as well be better play called if Frank Reich's just not suited to be a play caller at this point, um, yeah. which is certainly possible that happens where some guys kind of just lose their juice and then someone else can take over and, and take that, um, take that role completely fine. Like that'll happen sometimes. And this is still a pretty lackluster Texans team in terms of talent probably more talented than the Panthers but not by this ridiculous margin like you've got Brian Burns you've got you know some pieces on the line at least in theory um and you have the number one pick and Bryce Young and then obviously you have Stroud Will Anderson Tunsil some other guys for the Texans but it's like neither of these teams are hyper hyper talented so I see this as a kind of a toss-up type game I'm just kind of leaning towards the Panthers kind of you know regression to the mean i just don't think they're like you know i just don't think they're bad enough to like be a two-win team it may maybe they are though i don't know <laughs> yeah i think the panthers i don't know they're just i feel like for whatever reason like this the panthers the last like few years not just this year with bryce young but just like in general like i feel like everyone kind of overrates their roster a little bit and just always acts like they're better than they are when it's like this team really doesn't have that many long-term pieces, I feel like. Um, obviously, you know, now they're finally fully at the start of a rebuild. But even still, I mean, I, you yourself thought that the Panthers would – obviously, this division sucks. So, it's under anyone could win this division. Um, but there were people out there who genuinely thought the Panthers could win, win the division this year. And obviously, it's been disappointing for them. I am going to pick the Texans. Um, you know, I think that their offense is better at this point than the Panthers – you know, who really only have Adam Thielen. You can't really look at anyone else and feel comfortable about them. Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard did have a, a pretty good week. The game, I guess it was against Miami, was their last game. Uh, he played pretty well. So hopefully maybe they get him involved. Miles Sanders, disappointing year so far. Um, but the flip side, the Texans, like, they had a pretty fun offense, to be honest. Tank Dell's a, a fun young player. Nico Collins is kind of broken out. Robert Woods is, uh, you know, a veteran holding it down. So they actually have a pretty solid receiving core. Dalton Schultz at tight end and uh, you know, Damian Pierce hasn't really had a, a great second year. I think, you know, people were hoping maybe he'd make a little more of a leap. We haven't really seen that. Um, and this defense is just well coached. I mean, they're a well coached team under uh, D'Amico Ryan's 
who's obviously had a lot of success. I think, you know, I think they've already exceeded expectations. I think Stroud's already exceeded expectations. So, uh, you know, this team, maybe they make a run to uh, compete for a playoff spot. I don't know, three and three. So it's a possibility, but I do think they'll beat the beat the Panthers this week. Yeah. All right, Brown Seahawks. Um, yeah, this is an interesting game. I'll I'll leave it to you. I mean, do we Watson's not playing, correct? He's out. Yeah, he's ruled out. Okay, so yeah, I mean, this feels like just going to be an interesting matchup between the Seahawks defense, or Seahawks offense, and the Browns defense. Uh, two of the stronger units in the league. Um, the Browns defense has just been really, really good. So I'm I'm excited to watch them play. That's they're fun to watch. They did give up a lot of points last week, weirdly, but I have a feeling they're going to bounce back this week just fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, they're rolling out. I mean, Deshaun plays last week. He throws two picks. The shoulder gets injured again. It's just like, what are we doing here? Like, it's just a, a mess. That I mean, the Deshaun, the, as each day goes on, the Deshaun contract and trade just looks worse and worse and worse. But this team is four and two somehow. Uh, you know, their defense is really, really good. Miles Garrett is a freak. I mean, he blocked a kick last week. I think he forced a fumble, had like two, three sacks. I mean, dude is a, a machine. Um PJ Walker, I mean, he, he kind of he looked pretty bad last week and didn't really, you know, the first week he kind of got away with it against San Fran last week. It was just like, all right, this guy is uh, there's a reason he's not starting in the NFL. But I don't know, in Seattle. I'm going to pick the Seahawks here. I think, uh, you know, offensively, they've got the pieces to be able to score on this Browns defense. I think, and defensively, I just think they'll be able to give, uh, you know, P.J. Walker some trouble. Obviously, Jerome Ford's going to be out for this game as well. Um, That secondary for Seattle, I mean, Witherspoon's been a beast. Tariq Woolen, obviously, is a great player. Uh, they just signed Frank Clark back. I don't know if he'll be playing this week, but if he is, that's a, only an, a, only a plus for them. So, yeah, I'll go with the Seahawks at home. Uh, it's always tough to win in Seattle, so I don't know if P.J. Walker can go and lead this team to a to a victory. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Browns. I just, yeah, I just think this defense is going to win them this game. I think their defense is probably the best in the league. Um. Garrett is having a defensive player of the year caliber season. Yep. And I just think he's going to be too much, you know, like they said on the broadcast, it's like, it's rare. Or I think maybe it was on red zone. I, I forget who said it, but you know, it's rare. You see a defensive player dominate a game this way. And, you know, you really only see it with a few guys and Garrett's one of those guys. Um, And you just, yeah, he's, he's a great player. And he's not the only reason I'm picking them. They, you know, they have a great secondary, great secondary pieces on the, off the edge and on the interior, good linebackers. They're good everywhere on the defense. So there's a reason why they're such such a good unit. But, um, you know, for this Browns offense, I think maybe they can move the ball against a weaker Seahawks run defense. Um, and I think Pierre Strong is probably going to be getting the start here at running back or splitting with Kareem Hunt. And I could, I don't know. I kind of like Pierre Strong. I think he could yeah. kind of take one off. So I, I don't know. That could be interesting. Um, so that's why I'm going with the Browns here. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very reasonable pick. Uh, this should be a pretty good game. Another 
Really good game. Bengals at 49ers. Uh, seems like Sam Darnold's probably going to be the one starting this game as Brock Purdy is uh, concussed. Um, Bengals have been bouncing back, obviously. I think they were on bye last week, right? Um, maybe, yeah. They were. They were. They were on bye. Yeah. Um, Niners have now lost two in a row. They're pretty banged up. Debo Samuel, obviously, I think is out for this game still. Um is Trent Williams still out? Maybe. I think he's doubtful. I believe. That's not good. Okay, I'll try um, yeah, so they're the Niners are banged up. It's gonna be the Sam Darnold show. Um what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I feel like this Niners team all of a sudden was five and zero, and now it feels like legit shot for five and three here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So Purdy is actually still listed as questionable. Um yeah. but Debo is out. Dre Greenlaw is unspecified, which I think means he's playing, but then Trent Williams is also questionable. So okay. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I think even even if Purdy's playing, he's not going to have all of his like easy buttons in the offense in a Debo Samuel. And if they're able to shut down the running game, which is easier said than done, this could be really tough for the Niners to move the ball. Like, I just, yeah, I just have a feeling this Bengals defense, they have a good run defense. I think they're going to be able to, if they can even just slow down McCaffrey, force Purdy slash Darnold into obvious passing situations without his his Debo. And, you know, then you can put more doubles on, on Ayuk and more attention on McCaffrey and Kittle. Um, you know, it just makes things a lot easier for the defense. And... You know, I think the Bengals are going to really have appreciated this bye week. I think Burrow got an extra week to get better. That doesn't hurt. And they just seem to be figuring things out pretty slowly. They're probably not going to end up with, you know, a top seed in the AFC, but they're probably going to end up making the wild card. And everyone knows they're going to be dangerous once once that happens. If they're in, if they're in, they're going to be dangerous um, no matter what. So I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals, too. I think the Niners are just banged up right now. I mean, I'm excited to see. I, I do hope Sam Darnold starts. I want to see kind of a Sam Darnold at this point in this Niners offense. I think it would be really fun. Um, but, yeah, like you said, this Bengals team, relatively healthy right now, which I think is big. Um, you know, Jamar Chase has started to ball out these last few weeks. Uh, T. Higgins is the one guy who just has not gotten going whatsoever, which is interesting. You got, I mean, he had that one game against the Ravens, which was really good. And then outside of that, he's just been a non-factor, which is concerning to to say the least. I'm sure he's not happy in a contract year playing like this. But uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think as good as Jamar Chase is, I think they do need to make sure that, you know, they they need T. Higgins to be balling out, I think, for this offense and for this team to be as, you know, good and and live up to the potential that they have. Um, defense has played pretty solid. So, yeah, I don't got much more than that. Um just, uh, yeah, I think T. Higgins is a potential. They just got to get T. T. Higgins going. But I think regardless, I think Jamar Chase will have a big game, and I think this team will win. Yeah. Um. On to the next, Chiefs-Broncos. I'm assuming we're both going <laughs> Chiefs here. Yeah, I, really is... have, I have nothing to say, so go ahead. Yeah, the Chiefs, I mean, the one thing I will say about them is, uh, you know, Chargers last week, that was a, a, a big win for them. They you know, really blew them out. I mean, they won by two touchdowns. So uh, Travis Kelsey, just a freak of nature. I mean, that guy is something special, man. So, yeah, this Chiefs team, if there was any doubt and even concerns about the offense, I feel like they're kind of 
quelled now a little bit. Um, they bring McCole Hardman back in the building, which is good. Rasheed Rice, it's starting to be like, all right, the same old Chiefs, six and one, looking. It feels like they haven't even, besides that Lions game too, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like they haven't really had any competitive games. Like I feel like they've kind of the been Jets. in the driver's seat. The Jets, yes, that would be, I guess, the one you could point to. So, yeah, I don't got much more than that, though. <clears throat> um, all right, next game, Ravens at Cardinals. I guess this is kind of another quick one. The Cardinals, uh, you know, they got that one win against Dallas, and now we've just seen them fall back. I feel like I've said the same thing for the last four weeks. I don't know. Ravens, the Ravens looked really good last week. I mean, they beat the crap out of the Lions, who I think, you know, the Lions had started, people start to think that they were potentially the best team in the NFL. And then the Ravens just absolutely dominated them. Mark Andrews had a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Gus Boss had a, a good game. Lamar's just been, he's been doing his thing, man. So, yeah, I'll go with the, the Ravens here. I don't got much more to say than that. Yeah. Um, the only thing of note here really is that Kyler is doubtful. So, he'll probably be back at some point soon. Yeah. Um, Pick him up in your fantasy leagues. I might have said this last week. I picked him up in all three of my fantasy leagues. He's like, he's a good fantasy quarterback when like with his legs and they have decent playmakers like that for, for nothing. If you don't have a good quarterback, absolutely. Put him on your IR spot and just wait and see if he comes back. Um, But outside of that, like the Ravens have looked really, really good recently. I'm really kind of back in on this passing game in a weird way. They look... <laughs> This like it, and it's not even necessarily because the receivers so much as it is Lamar. I mean, Lamar yeah. just looked like in complete control. Like he had a bit of like a was like a Joe Burrow type, you know, command over the game, which isn't something we've necessarily said with Lamar. It's always been the athleticism mm-hmm. and the you know ability to make plays with his feet along with the arm. But you know, now it seems like if he can be just deciphering defenses and like cutting them up like this, like it's not going to be fun to play him with his athleticism. Um, and that doesn't matter because he doesn't, he would, he could play with his left hand and probably beat this Cardinals team. So <laughs> they, yeah, they're like, their shtick is kind of run its course. Like, like, you know, where, you know, they try hard on both sides of the ball. They're reasonably well coached, but there's just no talent here. So, yeah, they're not very good. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I was looking at my phone and uh, apparently Zach Moss elbow slash heel did not practice today and is now questionable for Sunday's game. So um, I need Jonathan Taylor fantasy owners out there. Could be very big if JT, uh, you know, he might take that big workload and never, never look back. So. Something to monitor. Not that that affects, I don't think. I mean, JT getting the ball more, I think, only enforces yeah. our Colts picks more at this point. But um, sorry about the little tangent. Bears oh, at Chargers. Man. I mean, these are all – the last four games are just all, like, easy. I feel like Chargers for me in this one. Obviously, Tyler Bajent, Bajent. Um, Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> well, uh, Casual. I'm I'm a casual. Guys, you heard no, it here first. <laughs> um, I mean, they put a he put, they put up a thirty piece last week. Dante Foreman with the uh, three touchdowns, the classic. Um, so he balled out. Uh, I mean, he balled out. He threw for one hundred fifty yards, but pretty good for a, a undrafted kid. Um, yeah, but I will go with the Chargers. Uh, they need this win desperately. They're two and four right now. Um, I mean, just a 
Chargers, man. It's just they always have the hype, and it just never lives up to the expectations. And Brandon Staley, I mean, he's going to have the hottest seat of any coach in the NFL at this point. I mean, he needs to go. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers, though. The Bears, you know, I don't see them winning this game. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Like, super important game for a Chargers team that even though, like, we probably don't see them living up to their expectations. If you saw them as a Super Bowl team, I think we still see them as a playoff team that could potentially yes. win a game or two. Like, so in terms of that, this is still a very important game um, for them at least. But I'll say this on Brandon Staley. I don't know what he does here, but my <laughs> sense funny. was I, I, I watched a, you know, a podcast over the summer that talked about the chargers and they said, this front office and ownership group is not, they don't view Brandon Staley as on the hot seat. So he should be, he probably shouldn't even be a defensive coordinator. If we're being honest, I don't think he's even one of the best 32 defensive coaches in the league. Forget, you know, his head coaching ability and the fact that it's more valuable to probably have an offensive coach at this, you know, in this modern NFL. So I don't really get what he does. But it seems like he's going to be here for a while. So the Chargers might just be screwed for a couple of years, which sucks because they're, they've got a good quarterback and that's not something you want to waste. But it seems like they might be heading down that direction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, last game of the week, Raiders at Lions. I think we're probably both picking the Lions here. I think you know rough week last week, but they should bounce back. Jameer Gibbs looked really good. Um, which I guess is, you know, a positive. Amon Ra, St. Brown continuing to ball out. Um, Laporta has been great for them. So I see no reason why they, they won't take care of business at home against the Raiders. Yeah, you, know, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think this defense is going to have a bounce back week. The Raiders, I think, haven't even scored 20 points in a game yet. Is that possible? <laughs> That's, that sounds right. And they're three and four. They're three and four. They scored 21, 21 against New England, but that was their highest of the season. Okay. So yeah. So three and four. God damn, yeah. that's crazy. So they're yeah, they're not a very inspiring football team. And the Lions, even despite their loss last week, I'm still high on them as at least a top three to four team in the NFC. So I'm I'm going with the Lions here pretty easily. Yeah. Um well that was my I feel like the Raiders have been playing so many primetime games. That is like yeah, why? Because they played the the Packers was prime time, maybe that was the only one. No, you're no, oh. no. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying why are they on? No, time? no, no. I know. I'm just. I, I don't know. It's so weird because this the Steelers game was no, prime then, time too. I think right. Yeah, so and then they play. They play another one later. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they play the Jets. I think. In Jets. Prime yeah. Time. What the hell? That's weird, and it's like a weird game, like against the Lions. Like I don't know, man. But um. Well, good for the Raiders, man. They we just America needs more Jimmy G, I guess, is what the, the box <laughs> is. Uh, yeah. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Thank you all for watching. If you haven't already, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Outside the Arena. Social medias will all be down below in the description. It's a great time of the year for sports. We got baseball winding down, football, basketball just tipping off. It's a uh, this is a, you got all this all the major sports at once. I mean, this is a peak peak sports, like peak sports. I don't know what I'm saying at this point, but yeah. Regardless, 
Uh, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you all next week on, on Outside the Arena.